on today's episode of Sports and the World Football Edition, me and Chris talk about college football week 7, college football week 8 preview, we recap NFL week 6 and fantasy football, that's today on Sports and the World Football Edition. And welcome into Sports and the World Football Edition. I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And if you're listening to us through Anchor, Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocketcast, or Radio Public, we truly do appreciate it. Social media is at Sports the World, both Twitter and Instagram. Sports and the World, the Facebook page. With the ampersand for and, check out the About tab. Listen to this episode and every episode. And how are you, my man? I'm hanging in there, man. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good. You're probably doing better than me. But <laughs> I got I got four letters for that. It's my boy Fireman Ed in the house. Jesus, I thought that guy retired. Jesus. Nope, he's still fucking clicking, man. When you beat the Cowboys, it is a great day. I don't <laughs> care what team it is. Oh my god! <laughs> but we're we're gonna go into that. That it threw me off. I'm not gonna lie, folks. But <laughs> I, I want to lead in with the college football week seven. I think this was probably one of the better. This was the probably the better week of football games so far. And and uh, give me your thoughts on the college football week seven. Like you said, by far this. This singularly was the best week in college football to date. So many talented teams played another. Um, it it was just from from the noon kickoff until the 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 last kickoff. You know, at eight o'clock. I don't count the Pac-12 because well, it, it's too late for me to be up there. I'll turn into a pumpkin and or gremlin, whichever happens first. Um, <laughs> It was just, it was great, man. Um, a lot of good games. You know, the uh, the Oklahoma Texas game was a ride. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts showed he showed himself. Uh, he he played a, just an outright amazing game. Um, you know, the upset of the week, hands down, was uh, the South Carolina Georgia game. Uh, old Muskrat. He. <laughs> I don't know how, but he pulled that shit off. Uh, you know, more power to him. Um, that that definitely made things interesting. Um, the Washington State Arizona State game, even though, like I said, I'm not a big Pac-12 guy, that was a, an interesting one. Um, you know, of course, Bama put a clinical on with 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 A&M. Uh, Tua just Tua was just doing Tua things. Um, it, that was just a, 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 a great game from top to bottom. Uh, Florida State was yet another letdown this week. Um, I'm honestly surprised that Willie still has a job at this point. Um, that That is a guy that is on borrowed time. Um, the Texas Tech-Baylor game, that was another just just complete shootout. Um, and then, of course, to wrap it up was the uh, the Florida uh, Florida LSU game, and I I received a lot of hate uh, via social media after this game, but 
you know what? At the end of the day, the people that were giving me the most shit were fans of teams that have neither played one ranked opponent that was a number 20 or higher or that haven't even played a ranked opponent yet. Here we are, uh, you know, week seven in the season, and I think this is our third ranked team we played, um, second in the top 10. Show me another school that is going to play three top 10 ranked teams in in their schedule. I'm going to go ahead and give you a hint. I don't think there honestly is anybody, unless some stats seriously change. Um, Florida came out swinging. Uh, the first half was probably one of the best first halves of football college side that I think I've ever watched. Second half, that first drive, we came out strong, and then we just fizzled out. Um, I think defense was a was a factor in that game. Um, I, I think I even said it after the uh, the Auburn uh, game the week before. I said if we played defensively like we did against Auburn against LSU, we will win. We did not um, pass rushing. That shows you right there that if you are not putting pressure on a quarterback, quarterbacks will pick you apart. Um, but yes, Bo Nix is a freshman at, at Auburn. But the boy's a stud. Uh, Joe Burrow is the same quarterback for LSU that we played last year, that we beat last year. Um, and we just defensively could not get to him. Um, our two leading pass rushers, Gennard and Zuniga, were out. Uh, Zuniga kind of came in and came out. Gennard went out, I think, on the, the second defensive play of the game. And he was out for the uh, the the remainder of the game, and that lack of pass rushing allowed Burrow to 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 do what Burrow has done all season, um, and that is just shred defenses. You know, they they put up uh, a total of uh, 511 yards. You know, Burrow went 21 for 24, 293 yards, three touchdowns. Um, but you know, the other big number was the rushing yards with Edwards, you know, 13 attempts, 134 yards, you know, two touchdowns. And as long as was 57 yards, our, our defense just was, was just not there. Grantham. He, he, you can tell he wasn't dialing up the blitzes like he did in every other game. That was our success against Miami. We sacked the Miami quarterback 10 times against them. We sacked Bo Nix a few times. We got interceptions. We did not get a single turnover that game, and that's the only game we lost this season. Um, that's that's proof in the pudding right there. Um, you know, on the other side of the ball, you look at the Florida Gators offense. I think this was probably the best game that Kyle Trask has played. He went 23 for 39, 310 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. That interception at the end of the game was definitely the nail in the coffin. But for someone to walk in, say again? I say you're absolutely right. That was probably the best game I've – that was the best game going into Death Valley. That's It's hands down Uh, the best game. Absolutely. You're you're playing in one of the most hostile stadiums in college football, and that crowd wasn't even affecting us. We shut that – the first half, that crowd was quiet. They got a little loud, LSU score, we score. LSU scored, we scored. You know, we tied it up at the half, and then we got the ball right back, and we put points on the board. Trask made five passes and and, and marched that ball right to Van Jefferson and put him in the end zone. Um, 
I think partly I, I noticed that the, you know, I was kind of happy that the refs let them play it out to an extent. Um, on both sides of the ball, we definitely got away with a couple penalties. LSU's uh, uh, offensive line, they're, they're good. They protected Burrow, but there was a lot of holding calls that, that they did not call that I, I think could have been um, uh, detrimental to our success in that game. But at the end of the day, our defense did not blitz like they normally did. Um, we weren't applying pressure to the quarterback. We weren't producing turnovers and we lost, but you know what? At the end of the day, we're still a six and one program. Um, and we lost to a number five ranked team. Uh, you know, so I, we did, you know, dive down a couple spots, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think that was a bad loss. Uh, it sucks, you know, nonetheless, but, um, it's something that we can recover from. Uh, we're going to be going into Columbia to, uh, uh, you know, the play South Carolina. Hopefully we don't fall victim to them. I think we'll uh, we'll be able to dial up on them. Um, but, uh, you know, we can't sleep on them. And then after that, we're going to Jacksonville to play Georgia. Um, I think if we beat Georgia, we're definitely in contention for the SEC uh, uh, championship on the east side. And then I think it'll be up for grabs on who we play, whether it's LSU or uh, or Bama. What do you think? You know, you know, I was thinking about that, and I do believe that. To be perfectly honest, I think going. I'm going to talk about the West first. Alabama. When, when I talk about Alabama's game in a minute, you know, Alabama, and, and this may sound very odd to say, but this is the most vulnerable I've seen them in. They're an undefeated football team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, on the flip, if I can jump in and intervene, on the flip side of that coin, we exposed LSU's defense. They don't have one. Um, you know, they th- that that middle linebacker and that midfield position. We threw the same route to Pitts. That little that little ten and in cut route. Yeah. Every time we threw the ball to Pitts, he was there. Do you think Tua is going to be able to shred that defense just as easy? I I absolutely think he will, and and I and I argued and I made this point one week that this Nick Saban team is not the Nick Saban team that won a national cup that won national championships. This is a team that's quarterback dependent. This is a team that really, honestly, Najee Harris is great, but listen, it's Jerry Judy, it's Henry Ruggs, it's the passing game. Tua has put up – Nick Saban has only had, his time in Alabama, five games of 400 or more yards passing. Three of those belong to Tua. And, and Nick Saban's been there since 07. So this team has been dependent on Tua all year long. And, and I look at that LSU – and I look at that LSU defense. Listen, Trav had 310 yards. Listen, Trav is the first quarterback since Tebow – to have three touchdowns versus a top 10 team on the road. And he went into Death Valley. And, and I stress the importance of that. And when we look at a potential LSU-Alabama matchup, if I'm, I don't know the line, I wouldn't predict it, but I would assume that game, I would not be upset if LSU is favored in that game. Because I really do believe that it's going to really come, both of these offenses are great, but quite frankly, both of those defenses, they're, they're not the same defenses. They're absolutely not. And this is the most vulnerable team I've seen out of Nick Saban. And that's saying, and that's saying a lot. 
that Nick Saban, his calling card is defense. They, you know, give up a lot of yards. You know, I don't worry about points, but they give up a lot of yards. Yeah. Even even if it's garbage time, it's still a lot of yards. But well, that and, that wears on a defense. Uh, you know that what Trask did. And and Emory Jones kind of tapped in there and uh, and went with it. Is you know they'd kick the ball off. Trask would start at the twenty-five and march seventy-five yards methodically up the field. Uh, as much as I hate Kirk Herbstreit, and and just a bias against Florida was so palpable in that announcing booth, it was ridiculous. But the one crafty thing he did say that I'm going to steal from him is that. The offensive strategy is that LSU in that game was a Ferrari, and it's just zipping up and down the field. The the Florida offense was just a giant F-250 diesel that just plowed its way just methodically up the field. And, and LSU's defense showed it. Their hands were on their hips. You can tell that they were breathing hard. And... You know, it, it. I think if we even could have up-tempoed the offense a little bit, and I think we have the potential to run an up-tempo offense, uh, I, I think that's something that that we should definitely experiment with. But just watching Trask go through his progressions is that he would start right, look left, and come back right. He knew at all times where, uh, you know, the, the defensive ends were. You know, he only committed one turnover that game. That was just a bad throw. He was trying to, to thread a needle with a few seconds left on the clock. I think he forced it a little bit more than he should have. Um, but, you know, for the, the majority of the game, Trask played incredibly well. Um, you know, P. Ryan made the good plays. Van Jefferson, Swain, uh, uh, Cleveland. Uh, and then Pitts was just an all-out stud. I, I think that if, if Trask... And that offense, and, and you know, and shout out to the Gators O line because they were they were very questionable, and they proved this week that they are capable of, of blocking. Um, you know, LSU doesn't have the best defense in the country, but they definitely don't have the worst because they're still winning games. Um, but you know what, they put up a good fight, and I I think if we could play the offense that against LSU that we played with the defense that we played against Auburn. We're in contention. Um, I personally, for me, I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there, and I'm saying we're going to see a rematch with LSU for the SEC championship. Well, that's that's bold, and you know, and and that to me, that is very feasible because, like I said, Alabama, and people are saying, why are you saying about a, a, a you know a top? They're just they look vulnerable. They look very vulnerable. This team. Ain't running the ball. It's Tua or bust. And I've always said, if you rely, listen, Tua, you know, front runner for the Heisman, all of that jazz. My my concern with Alabama is defensively. And and I've seen, listen, and no knock on Ole Miss or Texas A&M. Uh, that's too many yards. And un, for a Nick Saban team, and, you know, I'm going to talk about that Alabama game. Listen, they won – they won against Texas A&M 47-28. You know how many penalties Alabama had in that game? I, I don't know off the top of the head, but I know it was a very penalty-heavy game. Yeah, Alabama had 11 penalties. And once again, Nick Saban's been the coach of Alabama since 2007. 
That's the 12th game that his team has had 10 or more penalties. And it's the seventh SEC game that he's had 10 or more penalties. And guess what? Three of those happened this year at South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. This team here, and this is why I say very susceptible. And people are like, oh, Derek, no, this team is very susceptible. That team looked very undisciplined. And this team looked – the team that, – that Alabama team, listen, it's great. You have rugs, like I mentioned, or you have those studs at receiver. But penultimately, this boils down to I, – I, I wouldn't – I wouldn't be shocked if LSU beat Alabama because at the end of the day, as much as I give, you know, old car salesman Ed Ogeron some, I give him a lot of, I give him a lot of flack, but I think he can get that team ready to beat Alabama. The blueprint is already there. If you notice they're playing an offense now, they're playing more, it seems like more spread. That's not Nick Saban. That's Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, that that Steve Sarkeesian, and you know, I think, and I can argue, Steve Sarkeesian had a hell of a hell of a lot more autonomy with that offense than Lane Kiffin ever did. Because with Lane Kiffin, they were running same same Alabama stuff. Sark comes in, spread. We're giving Tua Tua's getting ridiculous lanes to throw the ball in. That's Steve Sarkeesian. And and I know you touched on. Oklahoma and Texas, and I'm going to touch on them real quick. Listen, what you said about Jalen Hurts, very, very good. Listen, maybe not his best game throwing. He was 16 to 28 for 235, but he did have three touchdowns. But he also rushed for 131 yards. People forget that he's got a set of feet on him. Yeah, and I think, and I think, oh, tech, that Texas defense learned that day in Dallas. They they learned in that Red River. Yeah, they learned. And and listen, I'm gonna give a shout out to Oklahoma's defense. We know the big when you think of Big Twelve, you don't think of defense. It, you don't. No, but they only held Texas to 252 total yards. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and Alex Griffin, defensive coordinator, they also had nine sacks. Yeah. And I'm like, when you fire, listen, it wasn't popular to fire, you know, Mike Stoops. It wasn't popular, but you know. It had to be done because that Oklahoma defense last year was was garbage. You could drive ten garbage trucks through there. Oh, absolutely! It, it was that bad. And 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 listen, I'm not going to sit there and, and you know and you know listen with Texas. Listen, the biggest concern with Texas is look, you know, they punted the ball seven times. Oklahoma only punted twice the whole game. Yeah. And and that, to me that was the, in the close games you look for numbers that are close. I think that was close. And and I know I'm gonna talk about your favorite school Notre Dame. I know you love them. So <laughs> I know you love them. You know they'll send you a nice basket and you know from South Bend. What well, uh what community? Oh yeah they yeah they played uh, they they actually played a decent team. They played uh, SoCal this weekend. Yeah, uh, AKA the Clay Hilton firing tour because. Yep. <laughs> because that, that dude, listen, you know, the Grateful Dead have their tour. Clay Hilton might be grateful that his his coaching career is dead. And look, that game shouldn't have been close. But what separates, listen, if I told you USC only had one penalty the whole game, didn't have a single turnover, they didn't have one single turnover, but they allowed 308 yards and two touchdowns rushing. That was the difference. 
Notre Dame just outran the hell out of the USC's defense. Yep. And that's the Good 11. Show. Yeah. And it, it, they just completely outran And I saw that game and I said, Notre Dame can run the ball. Notre Dame can run. Listen, Ian Book didn't have, his, have, have the greatest game. And I listen, Brian Kelly, I said it. I said, listen, hang up your whistle. If you can't beat USC, he beat USC. Yep. Yeah, no, what's it? Uh, yeah, jo- Jones Jr., he, he, what, had 25 attempts for 176 yards? Yeah. I mean, that's just, you know, when, when you got a running back that when you put over 100 yards, that's bad. When you put almost 200, that is that is scary. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and, and I look at USC and I, and I go back to this. Clay Helton is probably in the same boat as Willie Taggart. But I do, but what I will say before I talk about that, that debacle, that was, that was in a football game and, and for Clemson. But with Clay Helton, I think at the end of the day, I think they'll let him, if, if, and this is the big if, if they can get a bowl game, if, if USC can somehow get a bowl game, they consider, but if the name that is out there is still out there to get that job, oh, Clay Helton's done. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, he's, I mean, uh, uh, SoCal, they're, they've, they've got it out, um, you know they, they they definitely got some work that uh, that they've got to do with the with their schedule. They've they've got to win out some games. Uh, they've got Washington or excuse me, they got Arizona uh, this week coming up. That's that's definitely going to be a, a a tough one for them. Oregon on November second, Arizona State, and then uh, and then UCLA to close out the season. Um, Personally, for me, I think if a if they don't win out, I think old boy is gone. And if they don't win out, they're not going to see a bowl. Yeah, and 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 to me, and it's one of those damn if you do, damn if you don't. If you're Clay Helton, yep. because I truly do believe, and I don't know how true it is. I've read many reports that Urban Meyer is the front runner for that job. Jesus. <sighs> and and this is what I this is what I tell people. Look. Listen, we know how Urban is great, but this is one of the things that I talk about. I would not be shocked. And then people may think, well, dear, here's a name I'm going to throw out there for that job, and this may shock you. Sean Payton. Really? It makes a lot of sense. If Drew, if this is Drew Brees' final year, which leans more to the yes side than the no side, it's the perfect opportunity to to go elsewhere you go to college you'll easily be a top five paid coach in the country easily you bring in that staff it's been proven that lsu and joe brady that's a that's a that's a saints guy yep it's it's proven that hey sean payton listen it works in the college game his game works and if i'm usc you have your bevy of candidates i said i said you dunk clay helton but they will. And speaking of coaches to be dumped, I'm going to talk about FSU. I know this is your realm. I apologize. But, <laughs> but you know, FSU went the old two-quarterback route with Hornerbrook and Blackman. This is what they had combined. This is not separately. This is combined. If I did it separately, it just make them feel bad about themselves. Combined, they went 17-35 and 
150 yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. <laughs> and, and I I watched bits and parts of that game. Um, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I think about five minutes into the second quarter, I I knew this game was over, and uh, I I started playing Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I turned. I'm like. There's got to be something else. I think I think the baseball game was on. I'm not sure, but I know I turned it. From, I from whatever I, that from that yeah, I I just sat there and was just just in 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 shock with the way that they were playing. Um, FSU is in dire straits. <laughs> That's about the only way I can put it. They are. Uh, they they are just in in bad bad condition, you know. They had uh uh two hundred and thirty eight total yards. I mean, granted, Clemson is a great team, but you know, I I I expected them. You know, part of me I wanted them to win just because that would screw. Because I had this giant uh 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 epiphany that somehow we would beat LSU and that Clemson would lose. And then we would be able to jump and be in the top four and and be in the playoff talk. So we, I mean, at that point we would have to be, um, you know, to beat a number five team. Georgia lost, and I was like, oh shit, this could actually work out. And of course it didn't. So um, it is what it is. But uh, I, I expected Florida State just to put up a better fight, and they're just uh, stick a fork in it. They're they're done this season. I mean, yeah, they're three and three right now, but with the 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 rate that they're playing at, if if you look at their their schedule, they've got uh, Wake Forest next week. They've been on absolute fire. Yes. Um, you got Syracuse. Syracuse for some reason always gives them a a, a fight. Miami. I I think Miami could easily uh, beat you know, beat Florida state. Cause they're, they're playing in dope Campbell, which makes it even worse. Um, I think they could definitely uh, lose to them. Boston college, the opportunity is there to lose. And then they play, I think like Alabama state or, or something like that. And then they close the season off with us in the swamp. And I already know we're going to, we're going to put a hurting on them. Uh, I will be at that game. Maybe I'll try to do a live broadcast for you, or you can just look for me on ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I've, I've got great seats. I'm sitting on the uh, on the 25 uh, row one right behind the bench. So if they pan in on the bench, you'll see me doing the gator chomp for you guys. Um, but, yeah, Florida State, I, I think at this point, I could honestly see them losing out every single game the rest of the season minus the Alabama State game. And even that game, they might. I, I think beat Alabama State. Yeah. I, I don't want to trash them that bad. Like I yeah. said, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm trying not to be biased and, and try to show. And I've even showed some support to Florida State uh, the past couple games. But yeah. they, Taggart has dug them a grave that I don't think they're going to be able to get out of until they get rid of him. Yeah. And you know what? And I'll just say it before I move on and talk about South Carolina, Georgia. You know what I say about Willie Taggart is, and I think I may have talked about this on on another episode. Willie Taggart has shown he does not belong at a Power Five school. He can coach. 
He he can co-coach at the <laughs> conference. He can go coach the Mountain West. He can go literally anywhere else. This is the opportunity. He's at a program, and he did a lot. He did he did great with less, and now you're in a position to do more with with greater with a greater talent pool. And my my biggest concern with Willie Tagger from the very beginning is is that when they hired him, I'm like they just settled for this dude. I really do believe that he was not their first choice. He was not. I believe they were. They thought they could get a bigger name, and that's fun when you're a Power Five school. Yeah, and you're FSU. Yeah, that makes sense. But listen, we're we're 18 games into this, and quite frankly, this dude can't break 500. And and when you talk about that game against Mon- you, you Louisiana Monroe, that game to me said to me, okay, this guy's done. If you need overtime to be UL Monroe, and no disrespect to those fine folks in Louisiana Monroe, but if you need overtime for that, you're in deep shit. It's over. And spe- and speaking of overtime, South Carolina goes into Athens. With a big win. And I'm not going to lie. I was on my phone and I have the ESPN app and I heard the do, 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 do. And I wasn't thinking it looked like, you know, just, you know, it goes off. And I looked like, oh, South Carolina is setting up to, to what? And, and I, so naturally I just sat there on my phone and I was just amazed. And I saw the game winning field goal and you could hear the hushed tones in that stadium. It was, you could hear, 10,000 pins drop in that stadium. And it was that bad. And, and listen, if, I, if I'm Georgia, let me tell you what's wrong with Georgia. You know why Georgia lost that game? And people can sit there and say, uh, I'll, I'll tell you why Georgia lost. Jake Fromm threw the ball 51 times. Yep. He did, they, they do not do well the more that he throws. That, that, that has been statistically proven. Yeah, because they're they're two and five when he throws the ball more than thirty times. He's yeah, like he's he's, not, what uh, two two hundred ninety five yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Yeah, he he's literally the Dak Prescott of of, of of college football. When you don't throw the ball, and I'll get to when we talk about the NFL, Jake Fromm has no business throwing the ball thirty times. Just like Dak, you have a running game, you have a stable of running backs. You know, Swift, listen, they were able to run the football, but for some reason, Kirby Smart thought it was opposite day and said, let me make Jake Fromm think, you know, think he's Joe Burrow. And it's not possible. And you know what I think it was, too, if, if I could jump in and, 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 uh, and, and say something. I think they got complacent. I think that they saw a three and three, or at the time, a two and three. South Carolina team that really hasn't played well uh, all season. And I think they got complacent on it. And again, this is where I'm going to argue why the SEC is the best conference. And people, I, I, I got into it again on, on, on goddamn Facebook about it. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, is that people are arguing, oh, the SEC is just over. No, it's just that even our bottom end teams, the 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 South. Now, granted, yes, Vanderbilt is complete shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, they lost the UNLV. That's, uh, that's... Uh, you know, um, Old Miss is shit. Tennessee is on its way to becoming shit. But you know, your your South Carolina, your Mississippi State, your Texas A and M, your Mizzou's, 
um, you know, the, these these oddball schools, you know, are are they a national caliber team? Absolutely not. But if you look at the rest of the conferences, the Big 12, uh, if, if you ask the average person, hey, name me four teams out of the Big 12, they're going to say Texas, Oklahoma, and um, uh, uh, they're not going to be able to name it. Give me, uh, you know, f- five teams out of the uh, out of the Big Ten: uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, 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 the average person, you know, they don't know it. Now you ask, okay, hey, give me five teams out of the SEC: uh, you, Bama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, uh, Mississippi State. You know, I mean, you you could easily name uh, Auburn. You know, I mean, you could you could easily name these schools. And if you look at the talent throughout the conference, you look at like, again, I'm just going to pick on the Big Ten because they're the they're the most fun and I can get people riled up about it outside of Ohio State. And I'll even give Wisconsin some credit right now. Um, that's going to be a great game next week. Uh, and, and I can't I, I hope that Wisconsin upsets Ohio State. Because that will just piss in everybody's Cheerios. And they'll come back, well, we lost to a, a top 10 opponent like you guys did at Florida. Well, granted, you did. But I'm, Purdue is probably on your schedule, and you'll catch an L of them again. Um, but if you look at the rest of the Big Ten, Michigan is ranked, but they're not good. They almost lost to Army. We blew them out in a bowl game last year. Uh, Michigan State, they're done. Uh, Indiana, oh Lord, there you know. Watch out for the you know the the Hoosiers. Uh, Northwestern, uh, Christ, I, I that that's UCF caliber. I mean, you know they're they're not you know they don't have a a, a plethora of talent. The the Big Ten is a top heavy conference, just like the Big Twelve. You've got one or two teams that'll really really stand out. And then outside of that, that's that's really it, you know, compared to even the ACC. But even then right now, because Florida State's just shit in the bed, you know, the ACC had a pretty diverse uh, uh, talent base. But, you know, you look at the Pac-12, it's really Arizona State, maybe Oregon. But, you know, I mean, even then that's questionable. And then you look at the SEC. We've got the most ranked teams in the top 25, definitely the most in the top 10. Uh, it's hard to argue stats, and eh, eh, yeah, I, I can go on and on about this. <laughs> and, and and you know, and and the and the one thing that I, I'm not one of the things that I will say is this: I, I'll defend the Big Ten in this regard. And what I always said about the Big Ten is is that I was the first guy to say, "Oh, Michigan! Listen, Michigan! After that Wisconsin game, I sold my stock." You know, quicker than Martha Stewart. Okay, I sold my stock. Told you. Really, I, I I sold my stock because what I saw from Michigan, Michigan to me, and listen, and you know, and shifting into talking about you know week eight. Listen, they they got to go at Happy Valley, and listen, Harbaugh's three and one there, but once again, my greater concern was that Iowa game. Listen, how do you? How do you justify, and this is what I say about Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, and this may sound like complete, you know, nonsense. Harbaugh is one of those dudes, and I think he he's just bored with college. I think he this— wants to go I, back to the NFL? I think he does. And you know what? I, I think there's a strong chance that 
He will because when he was a coach, he wasn't fired because he was terrible. He was fired because he can wear on you. He can wear on you like some itchy fabric. He yeah. wear he wears on people. Same thing with why do you think John Gruden didn't get a job for ten years? Not because he was you know oh, John Gruden is garbage, but the point is that you can wear on people. But I think, and I think with Michigan, I just don't think he wants to be there. He took it because it was the really the only top job available, and nobody in the pros wanted to hire him for whatever reason. Because he wears on people. And when I look at them play, I'm like, they play lethargic. You know, Shea Patterson has clearly underperformed. He, I can argue, Shea Patterson, you know, is a top, he's probably, he should probably be a top three quarterback in the Big Ten. And he's, pl- and he's playing like garbage. Yeah. You know, you got, you got, the, you transfer Tommy Stevens at Penn State play, out playing him. You got another transfer over at Ohio State at that, or should I say that school in Columbus outplaying you, it just, it, it makes no sense. And, and what I say about Michigan is, listen, Michigan, they can run, listen, they play the Illinois team, and I love Lovey Smith, but they got the door ran off of them when they went to Champaign. And, and, and I, and I said, in this game, Penn State in the, in the Big Ten, Penn State is second in defense, listen, they listen, they only give up eight points a game. They're second and they only give up fifty-three yards rushing. Michigan can't really run the ball that well. Yeah. And also for Penn State, listen, they're second in total yards offensively, all in the Big Ten. That to me, James Franklin, he got over the bump of going on the road and beating a top a top ten team, a top, you know, a top ranked team on the road. He got over that. I think Penn State, and to me, to me, it's only really three teams that can really contend in the Big Ten. It's Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Penn State. Anything, do you think the old Nitty Lions can sneak in? I think they can. because I'd like to see them upset Ohio State again for the, uh, the Big Ten championship, even though that won't mean shit, and somehow Ohio State will still go to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and when, when the playoffs get come out, we're going to rank, because I think we could do a little better of a job. Because I think the first rankings come out after this week, I believe it's after eight weeks. And yep. and 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 my biggest thing with with the Big Ten is listen, I'll defend Ohio State because this is what I say. You play the team look at the NFL. You play the teams on your schedule. But the difference is, unlike the NFL, you do have a little bit more autonomy in who you do play in college. Absolutely. It, you you can pick and choose and and UCF. I love you, but listen, just because you add BYU and you add Boise State does not mean I'm going to take you seriously. You know, that's just like the equivalent of saying, if someone, oh, wait, you work, that's like saying, look, I walk to the fridge and I walk back. Yeah. That's the equivalent of saying you exercise. It makes it that go to a gym, go put teams on your schedule. And, and, and leap and leaping into, to week eight. You know, are, is there any other games besides Michigan and Penn State that you're looking at? And uh, so, you know, that that one was definitely a uh, uh, a check down on. Um, of course, like I said, the the Florida South Carolina game uh, is is going to be one to watch. Um, 
Uh, let's see here. You know, Alabama's playing Tennessee. That's going to be a, a a massacre is what that's going to be. Um, Wisconsin's playing Illinois. Again, that's going to be a massacre. Um, you know, the curveball is going to be the Kentucky-Georgia game. You know, remember, Kentucky's not the the Kentucky of 10 years ago. They'll, they'll fight you. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to be – Georgia's going to be back in Athens – um, if they lose, uh, and I, and I, I've already, I think I did the math on this already. If they lose to Kentucky and we beat South Carolina, statistically, we'll already have due to scheduling enough wins to go into the sec, uh, East and, and play whoever wins the West. Um, they're picking Georgia by like 25. I, yeah, I think I, yeah. Um, they picked, I think, South Carolina over under was like like twenty two and a half. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, watch for Kentucky. Uh, the other game that's actually got my interest is the Oregon and Washington game. Yeah, I saw that uh, too. Uh, Oregon, if you want to be taken seriously and you want to sit at the adults table, um, you better win. Uh, this the the easiest reference I can I can say this is with the Pac-12. It's kind of like Episode Three of Star Wars. Um, Anakin is a member of the Jedi Council, but you you are not the rank of master, and and that is is Oregon, and that is the Pac-12. You are allowed to sit at the adults table, but it's only because we needed a fifth power conference. Other than that, you don't belong here. Sit quietly, don't throw a temper tantrum, and don't come in and kill all the younglings. Thankfully, Oregon doesn't have the power or the capability to do that. But uh, th- those are um, those are the you know the only games I was kind of interested in. This is one of the weeks where it, it it's a little bit quieter. Last week, like, like I said, last week was one of the loudest weeks in college football. I think we'll have all season until the bowl, until the uh, the conference title games or the rivalry games uh, at the end of November. Uh, I think we're going to hit a low point uh, next week, but yeah, those are the games I was looking at. And you know, I, I was looking at that Oregon game, and I look at that Oregon. I, I think I said it last week. Oregon may have the best defense in the Pac-12. That, and that's like what I said about Oklahoma. You don't believe it when it rolls off your tongue, but statistically, it is. And listen, I ripped into Oregon, and I said Oregon cannot play defense. They're playing defense, and that they're playing. This is the biggest test. If they can get by, if if, and this is a huge if, if they can get by Washington, I I don't see any other way that they don't play in the Pac-12 championship game. Agreed. And now saying you've got the best defense in the Pac-12, it's like saying you're the tallest Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I think I would be. You're, right. you're you're still short. <laughs> yeah. If I walk in, so where do I sign up, guys? Son of yeah. a bitch. <laughs> and and to me, like I said, once again, I don't think no, I don't think the winner of this conference is going to play a role in the in the in the title in the when it comes up, in the in the college football playoff. But I think it goes down to down the road. And one of the things that I talk about, speaking of conferences, that I think, like I said, I'm going back to the Big Twelve. I'm going to talk about Baylor. And I think we hit on Baylor earlier. Listen, that was a hell of a win they they did against Texas Tech. Absolutely. Who's, who's not a slouch. Baylor, folks, I'm telling you, Baylor plays Oklahoma 
and Texas on their schedule left. So if if by some stretch Texas lost, if some way they can beat Oklahoma, which nobody has figured out how to do, even in Jalen Hurts' worst game, they still win because now they have a defense. Baylor, they're playing an Oklahoma State team that's very sneaky. They're very, very sneaky, especially at home. Well, Oklahoma State, they probably arguably behind maybe Jonathan Taylor, you know, maybe the best running back in the country, and Chuba Hubbard, or I call him Chuba Hubba, listen, who's first in rushing in the country. He's second in rush touchdowns, and he's first in yards from scrimmage with over 1,100. That's, you know, sneaky good, and I haven't talked about their quarterback. You know, Mike, you know, Mike Gundy, for those who know Mike Gundy, that's the, he's a grown man and he's 40. Just because people who didn't know that, he's a grown man and he's 40. One of the best sports rants I've ever heard in my life. Going back to Baylor, Baylor has a defense. Listen, their defensive tackle, he's tied for first in the country with nine sacks. They're third in the Big 12 in opposing rushing yards. They only give up 113. Listen, that game could be very good. Very good. And speaking of games that could be very good, listen, Duke and Virginia, look, it's the ACC, and this is specifically for the Coastal Division. Listen, you know what, Chris? You, you know what? The, the margin is literally one game between one, two, three, four, five, between six teams. Between every team. Sorry, Georgia Tech, you didn't make it. But, <laughs> sorry, sorry, you know, Calvin Johnson can't get his eligibility. He can't come back. And, between there's all, there's literally a one game gap. Duke, listen, Duke is has two and one in the conference, and they got and they're playing Virginia. Then they got to go at UNC, and then they got to play Notre Dame. And you know they're gonna play them in Durham. Look, this game to me interests me because listen, the last time Duke won it, even Virginia was 2014, and the point differential is negative 43. These dudes can't beat Virginia as combined, and and, you know, listen, and I've always talked about the quarter position with Quentin Harris. They do the second the ACC. He's responsible, he's responsible for 16 touchdowns. He's a, he's a poor man's Jalen Hurts. They, we don't talk about him because it's the ACC. But I think a big loss for Virginia, going back to that Virginia-Miami game, was Bryce Hall. They lost their All-American corner. He's out for the season that left ankle. I think that's going to hurt him. A player on defense that got to step up is Jordan Mack. He has six sacks. Someone had to step up for Bronco Mendenhall. The ACC is becoming very interesting because essentially it's the prize of who plays Clemson. Essentially, that's the prize. Like, oh, you get a free trip to Charlotte to get, you know, to lose. So, but the, 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 the listen, it's a free trip. But so that game intrigues me. And listen, Texas A&M and Ole Miss intrigues me because Texas A&M, you know, I don't know if you agree with me on this. Listen, could I, could I make the point, yes, their schedule is hard. But could I also make the point that they're kind of sliding? Listen, and I can argue, listen, their schedule is tough. Listen, SEC, you, 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 listen, when you play Alabama just by itself. Yeah. And it's Auburn. tough. And then <laughs> it's tough. And Auburn. And Auburn. So when you play that all alone, listen, this is what Jimbo, listen, he took the money. This is why you're paying, paying the big money to do. Because, look, Texas A&M, listen. The, the upside is that, listen, they're young and they're going to be good in the road because 10 of their 23 touchdowns this year are by freshmen, by a true freshman. So Jimbo has talent. He can recruit. 
no one could say, yeah, Florida State, that dude could recruit. He could recruit. So he he has a future there. And But for Ole Miss, this is how bad Ole Miss is. This is the same Ole Miss team that almost beat Cal in the Pac-12, and this is why I think you feel the way that you do about the Pac-12. Because if Ole Miss, bottom, you know, bottom-tier Ole Miss could beat Cal, you know, could almost beat Cal, that's all you need to know, America. Exactly. Ole Miss. I, Chris, how many teams are in the SEC? Uh, that's it. Four, 14. 14. Do you know where Ole Miss is ranked in opposing points per game? Jesus Christ, probably 13th. Oh, yeah, get around the head, buddy. They're 13th. No shit. They <laughs> give up 27 points. And if you know who's the bottom, it's pretty easy to figure that out, too. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this is true. And, and you know, with Ole Miss, defensively, listen, they got great tackle. You know, they got a great defense. But, listen, Texas thing and them, they kind of need this game. You know, because they're not out of it. I'm not going to say. It's just kind of like it's kind of like what people feel about, you know, oh, winning an Oscar. You don't have a shot. Like, like it's like the Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep every year. She gets nominated every year. She's nominated 20 times. She only has three Oscars. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like, it's going to be like that in the SEC where you're going to get close, but, you know, Alabama's going to be like that. that they're going to be like that Jennifer Lawrence. They're going to just keep winning the Oscars. They're going to keep winning. <laughs> they're going to keep winning. And I told somebody that stat, and they couldn't believe it. I said, Jennifer Lawrence is not even 30 and has just one less Oscar than Meryl Streep. It's because she has all those nudes that got leaked on the internet, man. That, you know, yeah, that's... <laughs> she she could play fucking Helen Keller and not say a word the whole movie, and I'd still want to see it. And you know, I hope I hope there's bonus features in that movie. But you know, <laughs> those guys have been in theater for six hours. Listen, we enjoy art, so. But <laughs> now we see, and once again, now we're film critics, folks. We can do everything, and. And I want to just briefly talk about UF and South Carolina because you hit it on the head a lot with 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 this with this game here because this could easily be misconstrued as a trap game. But with Florida, I think Florida's up, and that and that loss, I think I'm not going to say it, it kind of helped them because now they're on their game. And I think I think South Carolina may be riding that high from that Georgia win. They're riding that high because listen, you know UF is still ninth in the country in sacks. But listen, they only have six in the last three games. But when you consider playing LSU and Auburn, and who will, you know two in the remaining four came against Townsend. But just alone, the last between LSU and Auburn, we only had two sacks. And I think you allude to that point. And I said, when you don't have Zaniga and you don't have Grenard, you don't have your bookends, that could be a problem. It was and, it was clearly visible. Uh, it, it's a very simple concept. It, it, it works in football. It works in the UFC. It works in in baseball or even basketball for whoever whoever gives a shit about that sport. Um, if you put pressure on somebody, they are not going to perform. We put a ton of pressure on the Miami quarterback. He flaked Tennessee and Kentucky, Townsend, um, Auburn. We created turnovers. If if you notice. We've lost one game and we didn't get one turnover. That is not a coincidence. Turnovers have been our key to success. Defense and and, and you and I were talking uh, during the game, and I said that if if we do not, 
get a turnover because it was LSU scored, we'd score, LSU scored, we scored. We yeah. got them on one three and out, and that tied us at the half to get us the ball back, and then we scored, and that put us at the front of the uh, in front of the foot race. And by doing that, LSU said, "Oh shit, now we have to come back," and they did. And we, I, we, you know, problem one is that Pitts was open on multiple plays. We stopped throwing to him. Um, the the matchup that Pitts and the and the the corner that was guarding him, he had at least six inches of height on him, and I would say probably damn near fifty to seventy pounds on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime he went up for the ball, it looked like Shaq versus Allen Iverson. <laughs> you know. Uh, the play calling changed. Uh, I, I think the the one detrimental issue is that Trask was on such a high and you pulled him out and put Emory Jones in and Emory Jones went three and out. I think that really messed up the mojo and the tempo. And I think um, uh, I, I think that costs. And then our defense just not getting the pressure on the quarterback. If you don't create tempo, you're not going to win. I, I actually just read a really good book that um, uh, General uh, Jim Mattis, the former Secretary of Defense, wrote in the Commandant of the Marine Corps. Uh, it's called Call Sign Chaos, and I recommend it for anybody that's in any type of management uh, position in a company or getting ready to be in one because it explains how the different steps of management from personnel to executive and so on and so forth. And one of the things that on the book is in order to win whether it's a war and you can even translate it into football is your operational tempo speed if you can keep up a high tempo and keep the enemy uh or in, in football if you keep your opponent on their heels you are reacting before they are acting and that has been our success in every game as our defense has been reacting before the offense could act if the ball's being snapped on a shotgun play, and by the time the ball's in the quarterback's hands, he looks up and Grenard or Zuniga or Reese or damn Henderson is coming in from the secondary to let the, the to drop the hammer on him, that quarterback's going to panic. He's not going to act properly. He's going to make a bad decision. And it was shown in that Auburn game. We put the pressure on Knicks. We they coughed the ball up left and right. We didn't do it to Burrow, and we lost. You know, uh, that I defense, I think definitely is gonna that was a wake up call. Hopefully, Grenard's injury, I haven't seen anything on it on uh, on any of the Florida Gators, um, social media outlets. I haven't seen anything on ESPN, so I'm guessing it's not a terrible injury. They said it was a high ankle sprain. I'm hoping he'll be back for South Carolina. Um, we need in order to win, we need to pressure the quarterback. Our offense, I think, is on an upswing now. I think they figured out that they can score and they can be competitive, you know, with, with a, a, a backup quarterback coming in, even though as well as Trask was playing, they just didn't look as, uh, I don't want to say stable, but as, as ready or as willing, you know, everyone was concerned about how Trask would perform in death Valley and that, you know, Dan Mullen was just going to keep him on a very tight leash. Dan Mullen just pulled his balls out. It's at South park means Dan's dad having his balls in the wheelbarrow. He gave the ball to Trask. I mean, the, the dude aired it out like the second play of the game, you know, uh, of, of the Gators' uh, first offensive drive. I mean, he Trask can throw the ball, and he can do his checkdowns, and he can manage the game. It's like we touched on from week one until right now. 
it a quarterback is a head-up position, and he is a head-up kind of guy. He proved he's not the most athletic, but him out there in that knee brace running and taking linebackers head-on just to get a first down, he earned my respect on that, and I think he earned the team's respect, and you can tell that the offense played that much harder for him. The, that he would sacrifice himself to try to get a first down if, because the, the plays weren't open. Absolutely. And, and it's this thing that, you know, I talk about ad nauseum. And, you're, and I talk about it ad nauseum on, on this podcast. The quarterback position is the most cerebral position in sports. It's, it's a leadership position. I don't care if you're 6'6", six, six, you're built like Cam Newton. I don't care if you're built like John Elway. The difference between a John Elway and a Cam Newton is a one's a Hall of Famer and one is, you know, goes to the fashion hall. That's the difference. I don't know what fashion mall he buys his shit from, but it is definitely no stores that I shop at. It, I, you know, listen, you well, see look, a guy. <laughs> look at uh, look at Russell Wilson. He's what five foot eleven. Same thing yeah. with Drew Brees. Five ten, five eleven. According to the NFL, they are too short to be quarterback. Russell Wilson is one of the most intelligent people in the NFL right now, hands down. That man can read a defense a mile away and and be able again react before action. Cam Newton's out there, and especially Cam Newton had a really good run. I don't know what the hell happened, but I, I think Helen Keller could go out there and and, and read a defense before Cam can. I think he's in a rude awakening because they were saying that he's going to be able to come back uh, the week out because they're on a bye week this week and they're coming back after. And they said that he's going to be eligible to play. Um, I, I think Mr. Rivera might keep uh, Allen in and, and bench Cam. Yeah, if you got a rookie that's putting up numbers and winning, it's hard to pull him out. You, you know what? And I, and I think I talked about this. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I made the bold prediction that Cam Newton would not be a Carolina Panther this season. Yep. Yeah, you did. You did. And, and and I said that for the reason that, look, and, you know, and that kind of transitions us. But before we transition, one more note on that UF South Carolina game. Listen, Florida is 16-1 and where they're the only team ranked. The last time that we lost against when we were ranked against South Carolina was 2005. That was Urban Meyer's first season. So – that's a little nugget for you folks. I, I think we'll be in good hands against South Carolina. They're going to be on a high, and they're going to go out and try to stunt, and I think that's going to um, – it, it's going to it's gonna mess with their heads. Like, oh, hey, we just beat Georgia. They're one of the best teams. I think Florida is going to come out and say, you know what? We just lost. It's not the end of the world, but we're going to come out and crush these people to pay the penance of LSU. You're going to see Trask air the ball out. Pitts is going to have a good game. Van Jefferson's going to have a good game. Defense, I think, will come back into perspective. <clears throat> Excuse me there. Um, defense will come back in. We'll make the good stops, and uh, we'll definitely win, and then that'll set us up nice and pretty going into uh, in the Jacksonville against Georgia. And, and and absolutely, you're absolutely right. And, you know, if, got, if you guys want to chime in on it, it's at Sports War on both Twitter and Instagram. Sports of the World on Facebook, Sports and the World, with the ampersand for A. Go to the About tab, listen to this episode and every episode, check out our content. I put up some polls, put up some comments on there as well. And and speaking of, you know, go back to the point about the quarterback position. I always stress this about the quarterback. I always say it's a neck-up situation. 
Cam Newton, and before we talk about that, that, I don't know if you can call the game that Carolina, that game in London. <laughs> that was terrible. I'm like, that... listen, like, you know, listen, you know, it's bad enough we beat them for independence. That's one thing. Yeah, but we go over there and we give them that. It's kind of like, you know, we'll keep the whole freedom thing. I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't a fair trade. We're not going to. Who do you think put on a worse performance? Florida State against Clemson or Tampa against oh, Carolina. You know what? To to be fair, the only reason why I'll sit here and say that it was Tampa is because, see, for Florida State, look, you're telling me that they always say two is better than one. That only works when it comes to snacks and to twins. Okay, and socks. And I can argue those were a pair of dirty socks over there at Florida State. Those socks were dirty. You had two quarterbacks. And none of them were. Listen, Trevor Lawrence outscored the both of them. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, you know, the, Trevor Lawrence was 17 to 25. He had 170 yards three, all by himself. And yeah. Before, I'm like, Jesus. And then the game in England? Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know how many times I got to rip into Jameis Winston. It's he kind of played my, terrible. He played terrible. And if, if you're Jameis Winston, listen, Chris McCaffrey didn't have his best game, but look, he still had a couple of touchdowns. So that let me further note, you can, you know, like Stewart's got the, the late, great, you know, you know, you know, booyah. Like, listen, folks, you know, the, the, the way I saw Carolina's defense was playing like a bunch of booyah. Like, booyah, boo. Everyone has an interception. I think like, that got me 25 points last week in fantasy. I mean, good Lord. If well, you had- Cam, Cam Newton had five interceptions he threw. He, uh, I, I, you know, the thing with Cam Newton, he's not a bad quarterback. I, I talked a lot of shit about him when he played at Florida State. He, he was a great quarterback there. Even coming into the league, I don't know what happened last week, but that was by far, I think. the And the thing was, is he went 30 for 54 and threw for 400 yards, but still had five interceptions. Yeah. You know, um, Chris Godwin was a, a godsend to him, uh, you know, 10 receptions at 151 yards. Mike Evans, I mean, he still had a, 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 a good game for the average wideout for nine receptions at 96 yards. But there was like three passes that hit Evans in the hands. And as a receiver in the NFL, if you can put your hands on the ball, you better bring the son of a bitch. Now, what do you say? It hit me in the hands, coach. What do I do? You know, <laughs> you don't, you don't have whopper hands. You don't, you're not the guy from scary movie. Use my strong hand. <laughs> or you are Mike fucking Evans. And you're going to tell me, come on, man. And then on top of that, I don't know if Tampa Bay knows this, but you have to have an offensive line to protect your quarterback. Yeah. It's a strange concept, and I know yeah. that. But I, I, I don't know if, if Tampa's O-line knew that they had a game. Maybe playing across the pond and jolly old England threw them off. The tea and crumpets, the, the, the cricket, the mass knife stabbings in London. Um, I don't know what it was, but... That offensive line was was null and void. Winston got that ball snapped to him, and there were times that Luke Keekley, I think, was on him bef- 
before the line, the offensive linemen were standing up in protection mode. It, 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 it was bad. Here's how bad it was, folks. If, if, if I just stop and say Winston went 30 of 54, 400 yards, I stopped there. That's a great game, right? Until you had five interceptions. <laughs> yeah, that's a great game, right? Well, let me continue, folks. He had one touchdown and five interceptions. Listen, Jameis Winston has been a he's been a starting quarterback in this league. Okay, and this is ever since he became a starter in this league. That's his fifth game with three interceptions and at least a touchdown with zero to no touchdowns. You know who has you know who who has more. Then you know who has more than Jameis in a stretch? Enlighten me. It's Scam Newton. <laughs> Scam Newton had six in, between 2015 and 2017. He had six games like that. So going into the draft, uh, you know Jalen Hurts is going in. Um, possibly Tua, maybe Burrow. Yeah. Do you think Tampa Bay parts ways with the with old crab legs and goes after some fresh blood? Yeah, if Bruce Arians wants to keep his job, you got to get rid of Jameis. Uh, because, yeah. because and and I talk about this because me and my old man, I'll talk to my old man and we'll call and I and I talk about this with that. I come over and I talk to him. I tell him this quarterback draft is deep. Okay, if you're a quarterback in this league and you're struggling the least, watch your job because your job. someone's going to take it from you. Because I say, and this is the thing, if, if you, how long? James has been a quarterback in this league, what, five years? Yep. And you're telling me in, the, in five years, he has five, this is his fifth game with three interceptions or more, and, and zero to one touchdowns. Scam Newton is the only one who had a streak like that between 2015 and 2017. Folks, those two dudes will not have jobs. Listen, I what I will say is this. Cam Newton has value in the trade market. That I will say simply because when he's when he's not shopping, when he's not shopping online and Lane Bryant, the dude can play. Doobie looking like Medea. <laughs> and, and I think I talked about it. If the NFL had a play with Medea, that's Medea. Yeah. And you can book whoever else. Just call me for the casting. Because this dude ain't committed to playing quarterback. When Kyle Allen is listen. And his listen, Cam Newton is, is 0 and 8 in his last eight starts. Why would you? Why in the if, yep. if you're Ron Rivera, you're a smart dude. Listen, your job, listen, bench him because you have Kyle Allen. Because the, the formula is simple for Carolina. You have a great defense. You got Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Allen, don't screw it up. That's a pretty simple formula. Yep. And and I think Cam Newton has found ways to screw that up. It's like this dude, he finds a way to. This dude can't even boil water. Okay, that's how that bad he he can't even boil rice. <laughs> He'll burn it. I mean, like, oh, it's, and it's instant rice. Yeah, it's done. Just get regular rice. And 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 speaking of quarterbacks, you know, I, I want to jump to a game that, you know, I saw a Monday Night Football game with Detroit and Green Bay. <laughs> and and if you're a Lions fan, I get it. I saw the game. I saw the game. I saw the last two minutes of that game, and for the record, we both picked Green Bay. And I'm like, oh, I was thinking about our, I was thinking about us, but I was thinking like, oh God, Detroit could win this game. But listen, Green folks, Bay was given that game. They, yeah, they, 
Green Bay needs to go pay homage to the referees, do a Lambo. I, I even think a, like a re- I think I saw a referee doing a Lambo leap after yeah, the game. I did too. You did too. Uh, I saw that. It was like yeah. yeah. Uh, they they got handed that game. Um, pat themselves on the back. That was a terribly one of the worst officiated games I have seen since the Rams Saints game last season. That was just piss poor. There is nothing, no way I can I can say uh, a, a, any other description for it. The only other terrible game besides uh, the Green Bay Detroit game was the dumpster fire uh, in Miami. That game was on television. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was. I watched a little bit of it um, on on the red zone. Um, that was that was a fun one to watch. The one I did want to talk to you about is I'm I'm wondering if you're going to start apologizing to Kirk Cousins because he. Uh, you know what? I knew this is going to come up when I did the notes. <laughs> I said when I did the notes. This is a true story. I did the notes. You know, I said I finished up my you know the work I had to do today, and I said work on my notes. I got to Kirk Cousins. I'm like, I may listen. I'm going to sit there. I'm going to take it this way. He owes me a he owes me a thank you. I'll spin it around. He owes me a thank you. How you know? I'm not going to apologize to him because listen. Not only did I call him out, but Adam Thielen called him out on it. And Stephon Diggs. And Stephon Diggs. So um, apparently, and this is a true story. Me, Diggs, and Thielen. Listen, I flew out to the Minnesota. Listen, <laughs> I, we went to Mall of America, you know, and we sat down. We had a bunch of corn dogs, and we run the roller coaster, and we talked about Kirk Cousins. Like this dude is garbage. This dude is walking a walking dumpster. Like if you have a piece of trash, just throw it there, and you, and you assume it's done. Well, and he guess, he took he took it personally and came out and he was gunslinging, twenty two for twenty nine, three hundred and thirty three yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. That's not a bad day. Yeah. And and you know what? And like I said, he owes me a thank you because I've trashed this dude on my on how many episodes? Just about oh, every one. <laughs> every I trashed the dude because like I say you have Thielen, you have Diggs, you have two of the I could argue the top 15 receivers in the league. And, and listen, Dalvin Cook was once again neutralized. This and you have those two receivers. There's no excuse in the world why this offense was playing pedestrian. An old lady. Walking across the street was 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 should have played a hell of a lot better than what Kirk Cousins was playing. Oh, absolutely! And, and uh, he he came out swinging this week, you know. I mean, and and it showed. Stephon Diggs had seven receptions, 167 yards, three touchdowns. Adam Thielen went six for 57 with one touchdown. Um, you know, the only one that that uh, like you said didn't see a lot of play time was. Uh, was Dalvin Cook. I think he went 16 carries for uh, 41 yards and a touchdown. And then I think he went two for uh, two receptions and 13 yards on passing. They neutralized Dalvin Cook, and and uh, they they figured out the ground game wasn't working. And uh, so they stood it up and, and started banging. You know, so it's like the UFC. You know, if you go down and you try to wrestle a guy, he starts throwing you in all sorts of headlocks and arm bars. You, you're like, oh, shit, I'm just going to stand up and, and punch this guy in the face until he falls. And uh, I think that's uh, that's the direction that the Vikings are going is they realize, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't a terrible quarterback. No, he, he's not. He, 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 he's not. He, 
he has the potential. And like I said, argue in the NFL right now, I think he has the best wide receiver duos in Diggs and Thielen in the entire NFL, hands down right now. I don't know anybody else that could, uh, you know, even in even in uh, in the Patriots, you've got um, uh, Edelman and and um, uh, Gordon. You know, you look at other parts of the league. You know, you go down to Atlanta to your Dirty Birds. You've got Jones. They're, they're, they're dirty, all right. <laughs> you know, you got Jones and 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 Ridley and Joe or Jones and Sanu, whichever way you look at it. But Thielen and Diggs, he's got the best duo and arguably one of the best running backs in Dalvin Cook. There is no reason why they shouldn't sweep their division. Um, that was that was a great game. I was just happy to see Diggs perform, mainly because he's on my fantasy team, and I happened to blow out the person I was playing by 110 points. Go me! Uh, I'm finally on the up and up. I'm three and three right now. So uh, we'll, uh, you know, may- maybe uh, maybe my guy is a is a late bloomer, and uh, maybe the rest of the season I might actually do something. Yeah. But you know, before the record, you know, it's great where you are, and that's I'm like Kanye. It's like you're telling I'm Kanye West. I take yeah, the fuck out there. You and your six and zero. I don't even want to listen. Listen, listen. I gotta take the microphone, but I just gotta say this. <laughs> I'm six and zero. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Hey, you know what? What does me, Jimmy G, and and Tommy have in common? We're oh, undefeated. Jesus Christ. Listen, listen, listen. The only difference is that listen. You know, I don't have a hot. You know, listen. I'm not associated with beautiful people. Well, you don't have a group- hot wife, and you're not a multimillionaire. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of those things are true and not true. We'll let you figure it at home, folks. But, um, you know, the other game I wanted to touch on, too. Uh, well, there's two of them. Of course, I wanted to, to talk shit about the Cowboys. Um, but, you know, the 49ers, I, I wasn't sold on them until this week. And, uh, you know, I... Uh, if, if I could give you some stock market advice, I'd, I'd buy some stock in San Fran. You know, old old Jimmy G, he didn't throw any touchdowns, but, uh, you know, he played a solid game. Um, the rushing was there. Um, of course, receiving. Greg Kittle got, you know, 103 yards receiving. Um, Coleman went 18 carries for 45 yards. Uh, they they played a good, good game. Uh, I, I, I was impressed. Yeah, and you know what? You, you know what? I I I really do like Jimmy G. I like Kittle, but I want to talk about the Rams. And, and and folks, this is the thing. You know, listen, they they traded away Marcus Peters, and then they trade and they get Jalen Ramsey. So you guys at home figure that out. Here's the problem with the Rams is simply this. I'm going to read to you the problem. Listen, because first and foremost, it's their first three-game losing streak under McVay. Jared Goff had 78 passing yards. This, that, this was the first game under McVay that he's had under 100 yards passing. Folks, the problem is the defense was relying upon the offense. Yep. You, it's supposed to be the other way around. This deep, I can play defense. I think you and I can play defense. With a three touchdown lead, we can play defense as long as we don't give up things behind us. That's the way. And there's no disrespect to to Wade Phillips. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame dude, but he could be on his way out simply because it didn't work out defensively this Super Bowl year. It didn't work out 
And now it seeps into this season. Ever since it's seeping out that listen, this defense is not good. No. Ob- Todd Gurley, and you heard me. T- you heard me talk about Todd Gurley. What did the- what did I say about Todd Gurley? His health would would go the direction of this team. Look at his health. Jerry Goff oh. has Jerry Goff has to be a pitcher. He has to throw the equivalent of ten innings because he has no running game. He has to throw multiple attempts. For God's sakes, this dude threw 69 attempts against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. This that's not Jared Goff's game. He there's no support. And and if I'm Sean McVay, listen, you could end up being the third best team in your division behind San Fran and Seattle. And and don't sleep on Arizona, which you know, I love them any other, any other week, but I don't like – I didn't like them this week. I didn't like them last week. But, folks, if you're a Rams fan, you should be concerned. And you should also be concerned about that other team you have in L.A. if people didn't know they existed. <laughs> Those Chargers. How do you lose a game, folks? Let's, let's – if you don't mind, Chris, I just need to just say a couple of things here. Now, you lose a game – to a dude who won a duck calling contest. Okay. <laughs> you lost to a dude who could be on an episode of Duck Dynasty. Okay. You lost to you lost to that dude. Philip Cry Philip Cry me some rivers. Dude. You outscored. Pittsburgh only had 132 yards. And yeah. you lost. It <sighs> here's the thing. And you had three turnovers. You couldn't run the ball. Melvin Gordon apparently forgot. He went to. He must have went and watched Joker at the movie theater because he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He was watching Joker. He was watching Joaquin Phoenix because they were playing like a bunch of jokers. And here's the thing: they scored the last 17 points, but who cared? Who cared? The game. Who cared? They couldn't. Couldn't seal the deal. And listen, Pittsburgh. This is the fifth time in their franchise history that a quarterback. Wins his start, his first career start on the road. They had 26 games as such. This is only the fifth time that's happened. I give Mike Tomlin a lot of flack. I give him a lot of crap. Not I give him a lot of flack for the off the field stuff, for discipline and structure. For you, what you talked about with James Mattis, with General Mattis, structure, management. I give him flack because Tomlin doesn't have none of those traits. But I never question his on the field. Listen, this is the third quarter they played with this 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 season, just this season. This is the third quarterback. And I say, you know, and you lose to Doug Dynasty? Folks. Come on, man. Come on. Man. It's like, folks, the AFC West, you're, the cheap folks, when you have to sit there and say the Oakland Raiders have a winning record, folks, <laughs> you know, it's 2019. Like, folks, I know the world is going topsy-turvy, but, geez, not, you know, like JR, like Jim Rogers to say, you know, like not like this, not like this, not like this. It's a not like this. Let's go right now. My God, he's dead, folks. If you, <laughs> oh man, mankind's not dead, but that night, hell in the cell, I thought he was. Oh, dude, yeah, that was, and, that was, and that was a good time. It was a good. And speaking of dead, I think a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans are dead. <laughs> right well, I'm, <laughs> and well, I'm a, yeah. Before I go to my stats, I'll let you go, and I'll let you. Let I'll let you take lead on this. I 
I went into that game, and I think I even chose when we did our picks. I chose Dallas to win. Yeah, we both did. We both I, did. I did not have any expectation. You know, it's the first real game that Darnold is 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 back in in action, and that boy came out and said, "Let me give you a kiss, Dallas." He went twenty three for thirty two, three hundred and thirty eight yards, two touchdowns, and 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 one pick. He and Robbie Anderson dismantled that Dallas secondary. And, you know, it's just the, the comedic relief is that, oh, it's our season, we them boys. It, it's a sheer miracle that there wasn't a mass suicide on on Sunday. Because it's not only did the Cowboys lose, but they lost to the fucking Jets of all of the dumpster fires in the NFL. There's three dumpster fires. There is the, the Redskins, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Those are the three dumpster fires in the NFL right now. And, and, and Dallas, you lost. You ain't them boys. You're not America's team. This ain't your year. Take your jean shorts, your Nike high tops, and your faded Emmett Smith jerseys. Turn them some bitches sideways and stick them straight up your candy ass. You lost the fucking Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. That's all I've got to say. You know, I, I'm just glad we were able to sneak wrestling in. You know, it, oh, <laughs> you know, I'm going to give you a stat, Chris. And since 1991, teams are 90-1 and one when, when they win time of possession, total yards, have 25 or more first downs, and most importantly, they have at least 10 or more conversions on third down. Do you want to know what team lost in that one? I'm going to go ahead and say the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> it's 1991. That's the surest thing, in, folks. It's like Mariana Rivera in the ninth inning, sure. It's like MJ with the ball, the last play of the game, a sure thing. Like, folks, how do you lose? And, and, and Jerry, you could lose four in a row because you got to play Philly Sunday night. Folks, listen, I'm not going to sit there and heavily bash Dallas, but I'm going to tell you who I'm going to blame, and it's Jason Garrett. He needs to go. He, you know, that is one guy. I don't understand how that guy still has a job. If there was any person in any organization, a professional sports organization, a doctor's office, the stock market, goddamn Home Depot, if you are just that terrible at your job, how do you keep it? Does he have nudes of Jerry Jones? He probably, you know. I mean, that, that's the only thing I could think of. He has to have blackmail on on the Jones family. That is the only way that this man can keep his job. He makes the worst play calling decisions and he just does the stupidest things year in and year out. And this dude somehow still has a job. I promise you, if I pulled the shit that he pulled in in, in my career, in my company, my ass would be unemployed so fast. 
I, 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 I'd be hanging out in the unemployment line with, uh, with what's his face, Antonio Brown. <laughs> you know, God bless Garrett. Garrett is like, uh, what's his face that went to Arizona and got like $20 million and, and hasn't even played. Um, oh, oh, shit. What's his name? You know who I'm talking. I can't believe I can't remember his name right now. But. Oh. Oh yeah, I know you tell. Yeah, I can't. His name's not coming. Yeah, but, it just it just shows how unimportant he is. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like he is like he is the king skater. He can skate through his job and just completely be terrible at it, and somehow still be employed Monday morning. God bless him for doing it. I don't know how he does. Here's the thing with Jason Garrett, and and this is the thing where people are like, well, there's you know. Here's the thing with Jason. Here's the thing. It's a new play caller, Kellen Moore, who was a backup. Listen, Kellen Moore was a great quarterback at Boise State. He also played for Dallas, so that's how he got the job. Nepotism. And, so here's here's the perspective. The New York foot. Listen, I'm not going to call the New York Football Giants. The New York Football Jets took a lead on the Dallas Cowboys, and yet. Dallas still had a chance to win this football game. They still had a chance. And this is where I look at Jason Garrett. He was too busy clapping and not focusing. Listen, you let Sam, Sam Darnold came back from mono. From mono. And balled the fuck out. And, and all of a sudden, your defense, oh, but we played great in the second half. Okay, okay, folks. That... Uh, that's just like saying if you're a pitcher, you pitch a, a, hell, a hell of a game. Well, you pitch great the first three innings. Yeah, we lost because he got shelled in the last three. So it doesn't matter. That's what's wrong with Dallas. This team gets off to slow starts, and they, and they play catch-up. And, they re- and they, they're not built to play catch-up. Their offense is not built. And when Amari Cooper went out of the game, they just weren't the same team. And like I always say, and you've heard me say this, and I'll say it again, this team is Zeke Elliott's team. This ain't Dak's team. Because you know why I say that? Dak is now 2-4. and four. We throw the ball over 40 times. Well, listen, that's why I say he's like Jake Fromm in Georgia. Listen, you have a running game. You have a great defense. Doesn't that, yeah, that sound familiar? Like, oh, yeah, the University of Georgia. Same concept. You don't have you have no business chucking the ball forty times a game. You don't. There's zero excuses. And Jason Garrett and and this is what I say. And if you don't fire Jason Garrett, I think Jason Garrett can coach somewhere else, but not the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think he could be a head coach. I think, I think he needs to be some type of coordinator. Um, I don't see him. He's just—he's not head coach quality. And you know, I—the only reason why I said he would is simply because Jason Garrett's not a dummy. I think Jason Garrett needs to go somewhere where the expectations aren't really high. I'm not saying he—he he should go to Washington. I'm not saying because listen, if if I'm a coach, there's a couple of coaches. I'm listen. Jim Harbaugh would be on the top of my list. If I'm Jerry Jones, those are two egos, and I get that. But look what look what Jim Harbaugh did for Colin Kaepernick. 
he made that team went to the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And I tell people, listen, that's why I say, you know, Jim Harbaugh is bored in college. He's like a kid who knows the answers. He doesn't want to be there. He's he's a he's a he he wants to be in the locker room with men, not prepubescent teens. He wants to be in the locker room with men. And if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Garrett, at the end of the day, this is why I say you don't pay Dak. Because I think Dallas has a real decision to make. You cannot keep both. Because I keep hearing, oh, you got to pay Dak. You got to pay Dak. And I did this great thing, and I, and, and I talked about this. Dak should be paid. But he's not worth more than Russell Wilson we're going to talk about. He ain't worth all of that. This dude can't win in the playoffs. Jason Garrett can't win in the playoffs. And if you're Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones was the same dude who said after, I believe after he got let go of Jimmy Jones, you know what? You know what Jerry Jones said? What's that? He said anybody can coach the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, well, yeah, that's proven to be a lie. <laughs> listen, listen if if Barry Switzer, Dave Campo, Shan Gailey. And you had Bill Parcells and you blew that. You had two Hall of Fame coaches and you blew it. At the end of the day, Jerry, Jason has to go. You need to spend money to get, because at the end of the day, you're no closer. I could argue and make this point right now. You're no closer to the Super Bowl than quite possibly. And if I could just, and I'm going to say this team and it may be like, oh, wow. They're no closer to a Super Bowl right now than I could argue the New York Jets. The Jets are probably closer to a Super Bowl than the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because the Jets, and you, and you hear me talk about Sam Darnold. All, you, you hear me talk about it. I said this dude, Sam Darnold, anywhere he went, that dude's a franchise quarterback. I said, you give that guy uh, uh, some offense, you gave him Le'Veon Bell, you give this dude some talent around him, and it's the AFC. And Tom Brady's gonna be his way out the door in the next couple of years. So you gotta contend with, you know, sure you got Mahomes and you got Watson. But I say at the end of the day, the Jets are closer to a Super Bowl. And I may get flack for that on social media for saying that, but the Dallas Cowboys, they're not showing me. You don't lose three straight. You don't. The Jets can I I understand why the Jets look at their schedule. That makes sense. But you lost to a team whose quarterback whose thumb is hurt. You lost to Teddy Bridgewater, okay, and you lost to Sam Darnold, and you might lose to Carson Wentz. Folks, I don't want to hear excuses. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys right now, listen, I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Jason Garrett, you got to fire him. Yep. You You can't defend it. You can't defend it. And speaking of things you can't defend, I want to talk about Seattle and Cleveland. Russell yeah. Wilson, and I, I'm a, and I, I want to talk about this real quick. And I want to talk about Russell Wilson real quick. That dude, he's an MVP candidate. Listen, yeah. hands, you know, down. hands down. Listen, 23 of 33, 295, two touchdowns. He ran the ball nine times, and he got a touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 
Once again, 22 of 37, 249, three inter- one touchdown, three interceptions. The Cleveland defense didn't get a sack. Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, nothing. It's it's the uh, the turnover game, you know. If if you if you just continuously just just puke up the ball, this is what happens. But it, I mean, there there is literally literally no rocket science required. If if you are causing that many turnovers, you you're not you're not going to win a game. That's just you know that that's just hands down. You know, um, Baker. You can tell he's young. He's he is he's got a talent loaded uh, team. Like we discussed that I think last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. He's got one of the best receivers in the NFL. He's got one of the best running backs in the NFL. Um, he's got, he's got weapons. I, I, I think it's a little bit of his, um, his youth. And I think also uh, the coaching, you can have all the pieces, but if you don't have someone uh, putting them together, you're just a, you're like a fit. It, it's like a puzzle. You've got all these pieces that when you put them together in, in harmony, they all fit and it works and it's cute and it's pretty. Otherwise, you just got a box of misshapen fucking objects that are there to piss you off. And and that, and that's Cleveland right now. I mean, I'm I I'm 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 shocked that they're doing this bad, but then at the same time, I'm not. And then Seattle, you know, Russell went out there and just put on a fucking clinical. Uh, Seattle's defense let uh let baker know <laughs> where they were um that that it was it was a good game to watch and like you said that that is some uh some mvp talk for russell wilson i i've always liked him he came into the league a very underrated quarterback that you know you thought he was just going to be a flash in the pan but the man's got a super bowl ring he's got playoff appearances and he's He's got the resume to back himself up. And you know what the coolest part about it is? He's one of the most humble people that you'll ever meet. And then during spring training, he's also the best quarterback in New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Uh, fuck. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to say this, you know, before we move on, I'm just going to say it like this. Look, you know, Russell Wilson is like how LeBron James was in his career. Every year, this dude could be the MVP. He's he's that. If we go by the definition of valuable, take Russell off that team. The Seattle would be a four and twelve, five and eleven team. At best. At best. And and listen, you know, there's guys like you know Mahomes, and speaking of which, like Mahomes and Watson, who dueled it out. And and Watson got the better of that matchup. That was a good game too. And you're looking at quarterbacks now, and and I tell people, listen, the league is going to be fine. The league right now, you got young quarterbacks doing it. You got it's a it's a nice healthy mix. And I say that at the end of the day, Russell Wilson, I think, is still underappreciated because we go for flash in Mahomes, but we forget the substance that Russell Wilson has always given. He's a good dude on and off the field, and I think he deserved to get paid because I, I think the Legion of Boom took his shine 
on how on the value of that team. And I'm glad he got paid. And and speaking of getting paid, you know, you know, how can we help people with our fantasy? You know, give me your thoughts on your fantasy, your starting, your settings for fantasy. This week, so this is going to be a rough week, and I, I made some uh, I made some changes. I made a couple trades. I picked some people up on the wire because I'm going to be in a jam. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is my workhorse, hands down. Um, unfortunately, with them being on a bye week this week, it sucks, but I I in, I, I will survive. Um, I, I think I'll be able to do do some damage. Um, I got a couple stardom and sitems. I'm just going to bounce around the different positions. Okay. Um, I'm going to change up, uh, and I'm going to start with wideouts. Um, you've got Mike Williams going against the Tennessee Titans this week. I'm going to go ahead and sit him. I think Tennessee is going to bounce back. Um, they're going to have a, a little bit better of a game defensively. Um, we're not going to see too much out of them. Golden Tate um, going against Arizona's defense. Uh, I, I, I definitely think that uh, you know there will be some potential there. You'll be able to uh, to get some juice out of them. Um, quarterbacks, uh, you know, there there's a couple of them. Um, I'll hold on, my notes are I, I got it saved on my computer here, and I'm and I'm getting in the uh, the the la screen. Uh, that's that's awesome. Um, all right, so I'm gonna go over to tight ends because this one hasn't frozen yet. Um, Jimmy Graham going against uh, the Oakland Raiders. I think that is definitely a uh, a matchup that you were gonna be able to uh, to have some fun with, um, and you should be able to get some points out of that most definitely. Uh, Hunter Henry, stardom going against uh, Tennessee. Um, Jared Cook going against uh, Chicago. Uh, Chicago's defense. Mac is just a Mac is a problem for everybody in the NFL. Um, definitely take a seat on Jared Cook. Um, and uh, I'm trying to see if there's any other ones I can try to. Like I said, my computer's acting a fool here. Um, Buffalo Bills defense. They're playing Miami. Just go ahead and start them. <laughs> I've, I've already uh, did that. <laughs> uh, San Francisco's defense. Um, I noticed a lot of leagues. Um, they're in the wire. Uh, they're playing Washington. Get them. Um, Baltimore going against Seattle. I would definitely sit Baltimore's defense. Um, the, uh, the, the smart sleeper. And uh, this is where it could get interesting is uh, the New Orleans Saints going against the Chicago Bears. That could definitely be a, uh, a pickup for you. Uh, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, my computer is being an asshole and it's just sitting there staring at me. Um, here we go. All right. Nope. All right. I got this. Um, unfortunately, I, the, one of the ones I did pick. Uh, is starting Jared Goff versus the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, listen, you you listen. Yeah, I'm not even going to push back on that. Um, uh, a stardom is Mr. Minshew going against the Bengals. Uh, I think he's going to have a great day against Cincinnati's lack of of defense. And then the sit him alert on the quarterback is Matthew Stafford. Sit him against Minnesota. Minnesota's defense has been fire lately. 
I would not put that man against that defense. You will be in for a bad day. If you're in a jam, uh, let's say your quarterback is on a bye week and you've got like a heavy quarterback like a um, uh, Russell Wilson or uh, Matt Ryan or just, just any successful quarterback, um, a lot of people uh, don't have Josh Allen in their league. He is only 49% owned according to yahoo.com. Um, so there is a good chance, uh, unless if you're playing in like a 16 man or above league that Josh Allen's going to be available and he's playing Miami. So we already know how that's going to go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um, that's, uh, that's about it. The only other one I have for like a smart sleeper that you can possibly go after is Jamal Williams going against Oakland. Oakland's run defense is just terrible. Um, I think he could be something that you could pick up. And then, of course, uh, I would definitely start Derrick Henry versus the Chargers defense because, again, the Chargers, their their defensive front is just terrible, and I expect Henry to have a, uh, a big game against them. You know, you know, I, you know I, I, I couldn't agree. Listen, the Jared Goff thing is right. We're 30th in our pass defense. I, I agree on that. You know, but another quarterback that really interests me, and I think, and people may say this may come as a shock, but uh, if, you know, I would say Jacoby Brissett versus Houston. And and once again, it's those situations that if you're in a pinch, you know, but I do believe that Houston, because listen, they gave up a bunch of yards to Matt Ryan. So, you know, two weeks ago, their pass defense is not, it's not great either. It's Listen, it's not as bad as Atlanta. But if you need a quarterback, Who's on a bot, you know, get Jacoby, get him. But, you know, but but the 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 two that really stick out to me, and especially you know, that's that stuck out to me tight end wise, is that you know, it's Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram playing Arizona. Arizona. I actually picked him up in the way for wire in our league. And and <laughs> you bum. And, I say you're playing an Arizona team. Once again, they give up a lot of – Austin Hooper had a great game. Austin Hooper had a great game last week. So I suggest picking him up. And also, you know, once again, you have Austin Hooper start him. But, you know, I I really – I don't know. I'm coming around. You know, I, I didn't want to believe – I'm coming around on Darren Waller for, for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming around because I'm like – I'm hesitant because – I know Green Bay is good, but I saw how Green Bay, you know, Detroit kind of had the formula, you know, because Detroit had two great tight ends. They had Hockenstein. So so I think that works. And I think as far as defense, I think you covered it both. Buffalo, I mean, listen, I don't want to be that guy to tell you. But listen, New England versus the Jets, I, I tell people, be cautious. Because I think the Jets, they got Darnold. To me, people say, oh, well, start the page, you know, start them. Be cautious because if they play like if they played against Dallas and there's no letdown, I, I'd be cautious about starting New England. And like I say, Sam Darnold, like I always said, he's a, and I think you heard me say it a couple of weeks ago. I said, I think you would ask me, he's a fantasy guy. And, and, and you listen, Sam Darnold made me look good while the Atlanta Falcons make me look like a, like a jackass. But, ah. but Sam Darnold made me look good. But, you know, before we get out of here, is there any one last thing you want to say, my man? Um, 
Yeah, you know, I, I we can we can kind of poke into our fantasy league real quick. I was looking at some of the league matchups, and oh yeah, I, yeah, I see you and CJ are going to be in a very very close game. Are you? I you you finally might catch that first L of the season. Listen, I'm gonna fight the Belichick. Listen, this is a fun fact. I forgot who it was, but I traded Philip Rivers for 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 Kirk Cousins. And I hesitated, but I made the trade. And I'm like, because listen, because we know my feelings that I love Kirk Cousins a lot. But I was looking for a tight, you know, I was looking for a tight end because I was like, crap. And I look at the matchup. I think the one matchup that scares me going up against CJ is, is quite frankly, my receiving core. He, I know I have Hopkins, Ridley, and Galladay. He has Lockett, Sutton, and Hill, but it's the matchups. Yeah. It's the matchups. Yeah, Ty- Tyreek Hill is going to have a huge game against Denver. And I'm like, and I'm like, that's the matchup that scares me. And Galladay, he's playing Minnesota, but I look at my bench, and I'm like, my, you know, I got Goodwin, but uh, I got Devin Smith is somehow still in my roster. And I, I'm, I, I expect if I take an L, I would, I wouldn't mind taking the L at this point, because you know, listen, I'd still have a, I'd still have a one game lead. You'll you'll still be in in by far first place. Yeah, uh, you know I I can still you know I'm not saying you know yeah you know, I'm gonna be like but I you know I don't know I won't dag down I wonder who their matchup is. Because, <laughs> oh my god! I yeah, yeah that's that's my buddy Nate. He is having a a bad bad game uh bad season. He's actually playing my buddy Steven, which is uh, oh my uh, um, it, that's going to be a blowout. Um, I'm actually playing uh, Show Me Your TDs. So this this could put me on the up and up. Um, I'm in fifth place right now. Uh, you know, th- this is going to be going against Amanda. Um, you know, she's in fourth, so I can... I can start making and clawing my way into a possible playoff position. I started 0-3. I'm 3-3 and right now in this league. Uh, my other league, uh, I'm 4-2, and and um, I'm in third place in that league. Um, so I, I think I, I made some moves. Uh, I made a couple trades in both leagues. I picked up some people in the wire. Um, we're going to see what happens. Uh, I, I think this week... Um, you know, this week was a little hard to do the fact that McCaffrey uh, is is on a bye week. That hurts me a little bit. He's kind of my uh, uh, my stud, but uh, I I picked up a good trade, and I'm sure you'll get bored and look through the uh, uh, the uh, transaction history. So I, I started preying on the week as as any any person with a chance to win can. I started preying on the weaker teams and and start uh, start siphoning the rosters and uh, I think I might be in some competition here for the rest of the season. I'm I'm excited. You know, I, you know, I think you are. My my thing is is that I I I put it out there. I need to get it. I traded away Hooper. I know that, but you know, you know the cocky confidence thing. But I I needed to get a tight end and I went and I picked up. The only one that I picked up of reason was Herndon from the Jets. That, that and that was just based on I just felt long term. I wasn't thinking short term. I was thinking once the Jets, you know, open up the pass game, 
he could be a, a guy. But quite frankly, I don't know who to make a trade. Because the only guy on my roster right now that I can feel comfortable with trading is Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. And that's just because I'm because I just feel like I'm confident at the receiver position that I can go on the waiver wire and even plug in a guy and just get a I can feel comfortable with that. But yeah, you know, the in our league, uh the waiver wire is uh it's either feast or famine. You know, yeah. and yeah. and and in, in this year the tight end position has been feast or famine. There has not been um an out, you know, like a group. I mean, you have Kelsey. That's really it in the tight end slot. Yeah. He's the only tight end, you know. Yeah, I mean, you like you got Zach Ertz, um, but going against uh yeah, I mean, but even then, you know, going against uh Dallas, he should have a great game. I, I think he's second overall on tight ends, you know, just when he goes on a bye week. Um, you know, looking at your team, I think um your your weak point is your RB two slot. Yeah. Um, definitely. Then uh, yeah, that's really it. You got a you got a pretty strong team. I think Cousins will do good for you when uh when Russell Wilson goes on a bye week. I think Cousins will perform. Um, you know, it it it's an interesting league. It's because the teams that you think would do well are doing so piss poor and terrible, and then the teams that you kind of looked at and you're like, eh, you know, are are doing absolutely stellar. And then you get assholes like me who have the best overall draft. Yeah. Yeah. Who are three and three right now. And then points wise, the close, I I have the most points in the league and uh, the closest person has a hundred points less than me. And that's you. And you're six and oh, and I'm three and three. And I'm like, how the hell is this even working right now? But you know what? It, we still got uh, we got seven more weeks left, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Other than that, man, that's that's really all I got this week. Yeah, you know what? You know, but once again, you know, listen, I, I could take an L, but listen, but to be fair, you know, I might be the only one out of you know out of Brady and Garoppolo. Uh, maybe I, I'll take an L. Listen, at some point, all great things must come to an end. Yeah. But, but if if I get an L, you know, if I get a W this week, it would just be simply because I really, 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 really got to rely on Russ. I got to rely on Russ. You know, I got to hope that, you know, Aaron Jones bounces back, you know, and Ertz has a great game. You know, I got to rely on what's gotten me here because if, if I rely on, you know, it's like I always say, you know, you, you ride the horse. You know, you you just beat the dead horse, and that's what I got to do right now. Because Russ right now is playing out of his mind. He's playing out of his gourd, and he's exceeded his point total. I think every game this season, except like maybe two, where I think he played under one game, and somehow I still won. But that's because of Aaron Jones in that great game against Dallas. Mm-hmm. You're getting you're getting a cheese basket there, Aaron. And I don't eat cheese, so you have all the cheese, buddy. But. <laughs> But until, you know, next time, folks, I'm Ladarius. And I'm Chris. And you guys, once again, social media at Sports the World, go Twitter and Instagram. Facebook, if that's it's Sports and the World. Go to the About tab, listen to this episode and every episode. And until we enjoy talking again and you guys listening again, be real, be you, be blessed, and more importantly, be safe out there. And don't forget...
Thank you, guys. <laughs>